All right, episode 14 of the Bomber Brothers podcast. It's a somber one. Sean and Ryan with you as the Yankees season comes to an end at the hands of the hated Red Sox. Sean, you were there last night. It was uh, not a great ending, obviously. Of course, the Yankees had to give you that shred of hope that things might be turning around and then they fall short so just what was what was the stadium like last night what are your initial reactions to what was a frustrating series um well last night the stadium was uh it it was pretty fired up for the first couple innings and then they start along with me and all of twitter and you screaming why is CC still in? Take him out, take him out, take him out, take him out. Um, for the second night in a row, I'm sure I wasn't there. Uh, I wasn't there Monday night for the 16 to one game. That probably could have been a lot closer if we had a competent manager. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole crowd around me was wondering why CC was still in uh, after he hits Ben Intendi to open up the um, to open up the third inning. It was obvious that. By then, it was very obvious that CC did not have it that night. He had fought through the first two innings the best he could. Um, he gave up a couple soft hits, um, but overall, um, you could tell that his location was there. He was walking batters and whatnot. And everybody um, and their sister and their mother and their father and their brother knew to take CC out, just like everybody knew that Severino should not be coming out for that. What was it, the fourth inning the other night or the third inning? Uh, that was the third inning okay um well no he should have been taken out in the third inning and then he got out of it with minimal damage and then he came back again for the fourth and then it all started falling apart gotcha okay so that was um yeah so so everybody knew except for the manager which which uh, i mean i'm sorry and i uh, listen I, i hate when people say believe in analytics because you you don't believe or not believe in math or science, right? It's just there, and it's if you want to use it, fine. If you, if you want to ignore math and ignore science and ignore statistics, then then go ahead and be ignorant. But it, it's one thing to know how to utilize it, and and the, maybe Aaron Boone is open to all these ideas and, and whatnot, but he obviously does not know how to apply them in a game situation. The game, I think, moved too fast for him the last two nights. He was slow to make his pitching changes. He he seems to be caught in between. He, he's, like a, he's like a hitter that is guessing. And, it, it, I mean, it was frustrating because the way he managed the wild card game, except for bringing Severino back that inning, was beautiful. And then I was very, very happy with the way he managed in game one, getting Hap out of there early, bringing, bringing in a shutdown reliever, and then going to Lynn. I thought he did a very good job. And then we get to game three and four, and he just totally craps his pants. I mean, this is what's so mind-boggling to me. They get rid of a manager that knew how to manage the bullpen. Now you have a manager that I'm so, – and it's not a second guess where every single person is first guessing the exact same thing. It's not like you have half of a group saying, let's see what Severino has left. Let's see if Sabathia can get out of this. And then the other half is saying, go to the bullpen. Everybody is saying, go to the bullpen. And he doesn't realize that he gets paid to do this. He doesn't know how to do it. Maybe he's a good kumbaya guy in the clubhouse. Maybe he's very uh, open to letting Brian Cashman tell him what the lineup is and tell him who's getting called up and whatnot. That's great that Cashman has his little puppet 
But at the end of the day, Cashman's not calling down to the dugout and saying, listen, the exit velocity on the last four balls on uh, CC Sabathia is X, and now you need to take him out. No, now he's in it. Now he's got nobody holding his hand, calling him and telling him what to do. And he just shit the bed. He didn't know what to do. And this is a problem because if he doesn't learn, then he's taking what is a collection of elite talent and just running it into the ground with his own stupidity. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I, I feel like I've been a semi-boon apologist for the whole year, not just because I always agreed with what he did, but because I just thought the Yankees were so talented that Boone's decision-making at the time wasn't completely detrimental to what the Yankees were doing. I, I in no way think that Boone had anything to do with the Yankees finishing second in the division. That was because of Sonny Gray and not being able to beat teams like the Orioles and, and having a bunch of injuries in the middle of the season. But this this series, you know, specifically Game 4, that falls on Boone to me. I and mean, I'm uh, pretty done defending him right now. Honestly, if he were... If if I found out, it's never going to happen, but if I found out tomorrow that he was gone, I really wouldn't have much of a reaction. I, I, I would maybe be even a little relieved. Um, you said it, and it's what and Mark Carrig tweeted it last night. It just seemed like the game is moving too fast for Boone, and I think that absolutely was the case. I, I mean, you look at Game 3, and Severino, it, it was just so obvious that he should have been taken out of that game. And then when when he finally does take him out, he brings in Lance Lynn instead of a guy like Chad Green or or an, another one of those power righties out of the bullpen that can get you some outs. Instead, he brings in a mop up guy. <laughs> and by the time that that was the uh, I'm sorry that was the stupidest managerial decision of a managerial chain of events I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, it got worse because once that's, Lynn, that's what I mean. You bring in a long guy. To, to go long, and then once the game's out of hand, then now you start <laughs> then he takes him out. Guy out. It makes no I, I couldn't believe how stupid of an inning that was. Uh, I'm, I could have given somebody who's never managed baseball, or never even seen a baseball game, and said, just make a couple decisions, and their random decisions probably would have been better than that because that was literally the worst thing you could have possibly done. It was it was awful managing. I I, I was b- completely baffled, and and game four just only got worse. And then you see the Yankees mount that comeback in the ninth inning, and then you realize, wow, if Boone had taken CC out a little earlier, and you saw how dominant the bullpen was the rest of the game, the Yankees win that game. They win. Uh, they walk it off in the ninth, and we're going back to Boston for game five. And then who knows what can happen in a game five? But instead. They're not in that space and not in that spot. And then I'm really confused. You know, I I was a little confused when the lineup came out and I saw that Walker was starting at third. But then you see, you know, CC gives up a lot of ground balls. Almost 60% of them go to the third base side. And Duhar's defense has been incredibly suspect. I get it. But when you, there's so many points in that game where you needed offense and you don't bring Andujar in, and that's I, I don't understand it. Okay, he was pressing a little bit. He's a rookie. He hadn't had the best series so far. It's a guy that hit almost 30 home runs, and you needed a home run. You needed to get back into the game, and I, I just I, I couldn't believe it. You know, and then Walker gets hit by a pitch in, in the ninth inning, and it winds up you know, not being too terrible of a decision because he actually gets on base. But still, you bring up Andujar in that spot. Maybe you get more than a hit by pitch. Maybe you get one of the 70 doubles that Andujar hit during the year, and it's a completely different game. So... Boone was just way in over his head in those two games in the Bronx, which is such a shame because he really 
seemed like he was getting on the right track at the right time with the way he managed the wild card game, with the way he managed game one. Even in a loss, I thought he did a great job in game one. And they get the split in Boston, and then everything falls apart in the Bronx, which is definitely not something you expected. And yeah, I mean, I've been a Boone apologist for a while, but I think uh, I think for now that those days are over. I I disagree with you on Neil Walker pinch hitting. He was swinging the bat very well that night. He lined out to deep center, if you remember, to lead off the fifth. He singled earlier in the game, and having that lefty up against Kimbrel uh, with the short porch, I, w- I would have stuck. I wouldn't have taken Walker out and brought in uh, someone who would, you know, who, who might chase an, an Andujar in that spot. And I I would have. I wouldn't have flipped out if he brought in Andujar, but I'm just I, 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 get, I, I, get, it. I, I get it. I get it. There were so there were so like that might have been the seventh most controversial <laughs> thing that happened this series, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It, it it may have been. No, I get it. Um, I, I get it. The yeah, and, and here's the thing that bothers that, that bothers me too, and and not I'm not trying to pick on you, but all these people that all season. Well, the Yankees won a hundred games. They're on pace to win this. It's not their fault. Okay, that's that's fine. And, and I understand that, but you're looking at the outcome, but you're not looking at what the outcome should be, right? Because they have all of this talent. They won what? How many? 92 games last year? Yeah, I think they won 92 and finished two games back or something like that. And they, they added the National League MVP. They was, went out. Who was bad this postseason? Yeah, yeah, we'll get to him. They added, in the middle of the season, Jay Happ. They called up two, they called up two-thirds of the Rookie of the Year balloting. Because it's it's going to be Torres, Andujar, and um, Otani, and he continued to blow games by the same thing. We were talking about this back in July. He's leaving guys in too long, right? How many times did we go over that with Severino? There was the game in Tampa, then there was the game against the Indians, and then it happened with CC in Tampa, and it happened with CC against another team. He kept doing this. He did it with Tanaka once down in Tampa too. Well, everything went to shit in Tampa, but anyway, he kept doing it. And there was a, a fraction of the fan base that said he keeps sticking with these starters. He's, I feel like he thinks he owes Grady little something. So he keeps making Grady little same mistake because <laughs> this guy would just be some random broadcaster who nobody gives a shit about if he didn't hit that home run, who just happens to have a playmate as a wife and nobody would care. But instead he hits the home run. He's this Yankee legend because he hit 190 or whatever with the Yankees, but he ran into a knuckleball in the 2003 ALCS, which was a great moment. But now he emulates what brought him to that moment by making terrible pitching decisions. And I'm tired of it. And if he keeps doing this next year, I don't care if it's the middle of the year. He has to go. Well, I think his seat definitely got warmer. Um, Of course, I don't think there's any chance that you see a new manager to start the year next year. But I definitely think he put himself in some hot water because he was – I mean, let's face it. For two first-year managers, he was completely outclassed by Alex Cora. Alex Cora hit all the right buttons for Boston and just – was on top of what he should be doing and he did exactly what Boone was supposed to be doing except Boone was in a position where he should have been doing Cora's tactics even more it was Boone the one who was in an elimination game yet it's Alex Cora bringing out Chris Sale to pitch the eighth inning or or, you know um, trying to get multiple outs from some of his uh, other bullpen arms and, and pulling Porcello at the first sign of trouble those were all things that Boone should have been doing and you you would have thought it was Cora facing elimination but no it was the Yankees and now they are eliminated because there was no sense of urgency from Boone and 
you know, a lot of a lot of the discussion and the disdain is going to be geared towards Boone, and a lot of it is warranted. But I also want to say that the Yankees scored a combined two runs over a span of 18 innings in their home ballpark against Nathan Eovaldi and Rick Porcello, and that's unacceptable. They st- they stopped hitting, and that's to me that's almost more maddening than all the managerial mistakes is the fact that a team of that caliber put up two runs in a span of 17 innings against two pitchers who aside from when they faced the Yankees have not been good this year Porcello had been or excuse me Eovaldi had been terrible on the road this year yet there he goes again expanding his streak of it was 16 straight shutout innings against the Yankees before that start he throws another gem and then Porcello comes in he had been having a rough second half comes in after pitching a complete game against the Yankees earlier in the year and then he shuts him down again so you know if if anyone on the team were hitting we probably wouldn't be in this spot and instead we'd be previewing game five yeah I mean you know it's sometimes guys just have your number and I I I want to the 16 to 1 game once once they're down 10 nothing I mean at that point who cares you know everybody's not going with the same focus and, and your mind is on tomorrow but you know yesterday um you know ye- yesterday they what struck out three times the whole game yeah i mean yeah that, it's, that's it's also not, fair they, they put a lot of balls in play they missed about four home runs by a combined 10 feet with uh, yeah, the hicks I, foul ball and hicks foul ball hicks leading off the game to the to the track sanchez hit a line drive um yeah, it, it it was a weird game. They hit a lot of balls hard. Um, it didn't work out. Um, but but that me more is usually like a guy's approach. Like Stanton, while I know he has his flaws, uh, he he can't be that uncompetitive or non-competitive in in, in at bats. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, Stanton had some awful at bats, and the ninth inning against Kimbrel was was no exception. You're you know you're putting together a rally and and you need a good at bat you need to put a ball in play or put a ball over the fence which is what stands there to do and there were just some at bats in this series where he looked completely lost and you know you you watch him last year when he was on such a tear and 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 you just raved at what a good hitter he was not just a power hitter but you know he was able to cover cover all quadrants of the strike zone and he he wasn't chasing and i don't know maybe he's just been pressing a little too much and he'll be back and and uh in his mvp form next year with a full year under his belt in a new place that's a little more demanding in terms of fan base and attention and all that stuff but he definitely looked like he was just pressing way too much multiple times this year and 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 the postseason was one of them and it's it's frustrating to have him pretty much lay an egg after the wild card game and and it just really seemed like the Yankees were going to have a chance to get by Boston and then your X factor I mean the whole a huge part of the conversation heading into this series was Gary Sanchez was he going to screw up behind the plate was he going to break out of his season-long slump he was great behind the plate all series his OPS for the series was over 900. He hit two home runs in Game Two. He ripped a double in Game Four. So, so your biggest X factor winds up being a huge upside for you, and, and you still only win one game in the series. It was that's really frustrating. 
Yeah, uh, I, another thing, you know, Torres and um, Torres and Andujar had rough rough series as well, and I, I think um, I'm trying to look for positives because the managerial and pitching situation, which I know we'll get to when we look ahead, has me worried. But I mean, young players, it's their first year. I'd expect more patience and poise from them them next year for sure. Um, so when you have Stanton and Torres and Andujar and all combined to really um, struggle, that that's a third year lineup and guys that you ex, you expect to produce and. You're not going to win many baseball that games that way, and, and and Gardner did an admirable job filling in for Hicks for the for the what was it two and a half games that he had to, but um, you know he doesn't have Hick, he doesn't compare to Hicks as a hitter at this point in his career, and and I think you saw yesterday even though uh, even though Aaron didn't get any hits, you you saw the power potential there with a foul home run, a ball of the warning track, and whatnot. I mean, you know, he really could transform transform a game. Yeah, he had a great at-bat against Porcello, just couldn't finish it off. I think it was an 11-pitch at-bat before he popped out. Um, yeah, that was that was a moment in the stadium where a lot of air got let out because if he gets on, you know you have Judge up as the tying run, and, and that's all you want. And, you know, it, it didn't work out. And, and last night, I, I guess we started this conversation with you asking me about the crowd. Uh, last night, the the crowd was taken out of it by the third inning and and slowly climbed back in a couple times. And then in the ninth, it was a lot of people left after the bottom of the eighth, which really surprised me. But in the bottom of the ninth, the place was going nuts. Um, you know, it was one of the more the, one of the the if not the it was the most nerve wracking. Um, experience i've ever had at a yankee game being eliminated by boston there and and but having that tying run right at second base it was it was definitely very intense yeah i give credit to you and the fans there who seemed like they started getting rowdy as soon as the bottom of the ninth started so they were kind of giving a one last push and it almost worked um but well i mean that's the i'm sorry to cut you off i just i need to romanticize a little bit because i so negative but that's that's the beautiful thing about baseball. And when, when the ninth inning started, the Red Sox had a 96% win expectancy and, and to get that close where you have it down to only, you know, friggin' 60% or whatever. I mean, that's the awesome thing about baseball is you could have a 1% chance of winning and it could happen. And it's just like, that's what, I mean, if you're a fan, that's what you go for, right? Like, People say like analytics ruins the game, but I think it makes it more exciting because you understand if you understand how small your chances are and then you actually do it, it makes it that much more meaningful in your mind. And I, th- I just, you know, just capping off the whole fan thing. If if you're a fan of a team, why don't why wouldn't you want to be there till the end with them? I mean, they take us on this six month odyssey, and and here we are at the end. And I'm not jumping off ship with one inning left to go. There's 27 outs, and I'm I'm sticking around till the end. Of course, and, and we'll be sticking around all winter, and we'll be back at it next season, and I'm sure the Yankees will be right up there with the top contenders in the league, and if anything, hopefully this sparks um, a major spending spree for, for Brian, Brian Cashman and the Yankees, and I think that's kind of another frustrating aspect is, is that the Yankees were just really penny-pinching this season, getting under that luxury tax. There's no excuse for that anymore. They need to go after some top-tier guys, specifically to the to the pitching staff, because you know, we, we've talked about the hitting woes um, in games three and four. We we talked about the number of brain farts by by Boone, but 
Also, the biggest question mark heading into this season was the starting pitching. And as Tanaka aside, they completely laid an egg in, in this ALDS. Hap, Hap was horrible. Severino was bad. And CeCe was trying to grind his way through a couple innings. But then, you know, a couple blue pits fall in and then he's missing the plate. And, and that's the series. Yeah. Um, and what's frustrating is because of their financial restraint or, or – um, self-imposed too yeah they i mean they it's been reported that they were in on verlander but couldn't take on that much money so they could have had verlander they could have had cole i mean obviously i, th- I think cole went for less than to the to the astros than they would have taken from the yankees but still there's two guys there leading a buzzsaw in the american league that you had your chance to get and they don't have them and now they're scrambling and if I mean we're gonna, I know we're gonna wrap up the season next week, and then we'll start kind of doing our wish list. But if they don't get Patrick Corbin, who are they gonna get in this rotation without making a, an unexpected trade? There's nobody out there. You're not going to get a declining Keuchel or Porcello to make a difference. I mean, you know, I know Keuchel killed the Yankees, but he's he's breaking down. Yeah, and it seemed like the Yankees were solving him already yeah. last year. So maybe maybe you take Porcello and Eovaldi, just so they don't pitch against him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's possible. I'm you know, we'll we'll you know, I don't want to get too much into that. But I mean as far as the rest of the, the Red Sox series go uh, goes, um, you know, game one was really frustrating. like I said, I, I actually liked what Boone did that game. Uh, I thought that was just one of those, I, I mean, you know, sometimes as fans, I, and I know you were more upset after game one than I was. And so, you know, so were a couple other people that I was talking to, but sometimes that's just baseball where you don't get the big hit and Yankees are built around the home run. And you know what? The home run wins in postseason. People say, oh, you need to learn how to play. Sm-. No, you don't. I'm sorry. Look at the numbers. Look at the teams that win. They hit home runs in October. The teams that win hit home runs in October period. Stop. Go look, go look back at all of, all of you know, the last couple of years and, and look at the home runs that were hit. Um, but what, what happens sometimes is you just don't, you just don't get that big hit, whether it be a line drive or a home run. And, that, and that's what happened in game one. And that's what happened in game four as well. They just, they, they couldn't string a rally together and, and that happens. And, and sometimes that's just baseball, right? I mean, you strike out three times, you're giving yourself a chance you hit the ball to the warning track for three or four times. You're giving yourself a chance to win the game. But, um, you know, I think as the players mature, uh, and, and I think that was some of the bases loaded woes too, is you have guys like Torres and Duhar Voigt, uh, and Stanton pressing three of them being rookies and then Stanton being, um, being new to the Bronx and, and you expand your zone and, and you change your approach. And, you know, I, I think, one of the things that I took away from this series that was very encouraging was I saw Aaron judge totally locked in and the player that we know he is. And what was really refreshing about that was last year in the postseason we saw him press in that series against the, um, Indians. He, he had a tough time, right? He was chasing, he had so many strikeouts and everybody was all on him, but look at the adjustment he made in the series. He had, even if, the guys I just mentioned can get half of that improvement. Think about how great that lineup becomes then. Yeah, absolutely. Judge was completely lost in the playoffs. Um, well, he had a good wild card game. And then against Cleveland, he was completely lost until game four against Bauer. And, um, and then he hit a bunch of home runs and, and in the Astro series. And, and he was, like you said, he was completely locked in in this Boston series. He was 
he was unbelievable, especially in in the first two games. So hopefully those other young players can follow suit, and and they're going to need to because, like you said, it what. I was a little more upset than you after game one, just just because it was kind of like a same old story. I mean, the Yankees had so many tough losses this year where they just couldn't get the big hit and couldn't come through. And in a short five-game series like that, that changes everything. You, 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 you get a timely hit in game one, and you get a timely hit in game four, and all of a sudden that's the series, and, and it's and it swings the other way. And now it's the Yankees moving on to the ALCS. But, you know, you talk about how it didn't feel like a hundred win season. And I think that's because in the losses, there was just so much frustration, whether it had been by a gaffe by Boone or, you know, a a bases loaded situation where uh, the Yankees squandered a rally. So I think that's a huge reason why it didn't feel as successful as the season really was. I mean, they won a hundred games and the only problem is they ran into a team that's having a historic season they happen to be in the same division as them they happen to have to play them in a five-game series and it also just happens to be their most hated rivals so it's it's a it leaves a really bitter taste in your mouth but you just have to acknowledge the Red Sox are having a historic season and go Astros I got news for you the Yankees could have not run into the uh red sox they would have run into the astros and gotten murdered because the way they're playing baseball right now the astros are like a buzzsaw they are better than last season and i think by a lot too i they're oh absolutely i still i think the astros are going to win the world series and i personally don't think either team in the national league can give them much competition i the astros are way better than they were last year and you saw Correa go deep in in game three of this alds so he's getting healthy again bregman's locked in so I think that's another reason why I'm getting over this loss much more quickly than I thought, just because yeah, I really don't see them getting past the Astros. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I know we kind of seem like homers picking the Yankees in the wild card in the division, but I really thought that, and I would have picked against them in the ALCS um, for sure against the Astros and probably in a four to five game short series i i think the astros are that good and i i think um i think they'll t- take care of the red sox with relative ease but the, you know sticking with the red sox series um game two was awesome the the sanchez home run was you know just such a great postseason moment and that was pretty much all we got after the aside from the wild card game was the game two of this series and the wild card game so we'll have to update the intro with some things from this season too but um there were a couple controversies this series, and, I, and one of them I think we could go through fast because I'm, I'm I know you pretty well, um, you know, for the last 27 years. Um, so you'll be 28 next year, so we'll have to go. You, re- you really know me well. I'm actually 28 already. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> you know why? Because I haven't hit my birthday yet, and, and I'm yeah. 30, so I always <laughs> do the minus three. My bad. My bad. Um, all right, never mind that then. Um, so anyway, the judge moment with the boom box in new york new york oh, and um i know mark Teixeira said that he made a mistake what's what what's your take on that what do you feel about the situation what do you feel about the red sox playing new york new york in the locker room after the game it, it wouldn't even have been a situation if there weren't reporters in you know in the tunnel hearing judge play it because I, I'm, I'm sorry judge did not walk past the red sox clubhouse playing that thinking the red sox were going to hear it i, I mean didn't 
was didn't the Red Sox ha- wasn't there like a fireworks show at Fenway Park that the Red Sox didn't even know happened because they were in the clubhouse? If you can't hear that from there, are you really going to hear um, a song being played outside your clubhouse? I, I just yeah. depends what kind of fireworks. I'm so even after <laughs> after the Yankees win a big game i'd play i'd play sinatra in the car going to wherever i'm going after the game just because it it makes you feel like you're in the bronx and singing it with the thousands of people in the stadium i i don't know you as as well as i thought i did then you thought it was a troll job by, by I, no no I, I i didn't think you would be playing sinatra in your car after yankee i don't know you oh, had that man. at the ready after, 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 after the alcs games four and five last year i was driving to, to school playing fly me to the moon new york new york it it gives you the the bronx feel like like you're at the game and and um uh, yeah, I just I, I, I just turn on the fan to listen to the highlights, but okay. See, I, I can't do I, I I can do the fan in small doses just because it's uh, it you know, talking heads I can only do in, in small. No, no, doses. I, I mean, mean I mean like right after the game, the Yankees. Yeah, win. that's good. Yeah, then you I listen turn to on Sweeney. the fan and I want to hear what John screwed up and, and how his home <laughs> run calls were, and that's it. But anyway, um, so you don't think it was a big deal? I don't think it should have been a big deal, and just like I don't I don't think. Uh, I honestly don't think the Red Sox probably thought it was a huge deal with Judge doing it. They, you know, a, a slight troll job by them playing New York, New York in the clubhouse, which you knew was going to happen after it became such a big thing. I definitely don't think it should have been as big of a story as it turned out to be. And and I also would would disagree with Teixeira. I don't <laughs> I don't think Judge made a mistake and all of a sudden Boston was like, oh well we're playing our most bitter rivals in the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. But now that he played that song, now we really want to win. Let's try harder. That's, I just can't, that, that's right. not realistic. But, yeah. That's like when people say, Oh, team needs to step up. Team needs to bear down. Well, in baseball, usually the harder you try, the worse you do. Um, if you're pressing and you know, I thought the thing that I always think about stories like this is that I don't think it really affects the other team, but now you have to talk about it. Your focus is might maybe on that and not the game. But Judge didn't even answer questions about it. I don't think he spoke to the media on the off day he knew it wasn't or before a, the game because he knew so, it wasn't anything. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think it was anything. And I think the you know, um, it kind of makes me laugh. And and who cares? Like the Red Sox played it after the game. That that's kind of funny. And and I have a little more respect for them for that because that was a clever move. I think. And 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 that's fine. And I don't think Judge did anything wrong. Um, I don't think he would do it again once he saw how much attention it got. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he was just trying to pump his guys up. Like the way the Yankees had played in Yankee stadium in the postseason last year and in the wild card game. I mean, you were going like, he's basically saying, here we come. Like we just got to do what we've been doing at Yankee stadium where we're going to the ALCS. So that's all I thought about that. Now, the other thing, which I actually think is a big deal is Severino's warm up time. I'm I am absolutely with you. I completely buy into the fact that they had the the time screwed up. Great great call by John Flaherty and the gift sergeant on Twitter pointing out Rothschild saying multiple times to Severino, it's at 7:40. Remi- you know, trying to remind him that the game's at 7:40. Uh, and and Ron Darling, he was the one that brought it up on t- on TBS. Yes, so as, let's, as let's painful, give him credit. As painful as his constant whining about the new age of baseball and the unwritten rules, I'm sorry, I do not give a shit that Benintendi uh, stole a base with his team up or in the fifth inning. I don't care that he swung at a 3-0 pitch. Why wouldn't he want to swing at a fat 3-0 pitch? Baseball is a game 
of individual statistics and you're up there and you want to swing the bat. I don't care about that stuff. But anyway, the the broadcasters this year and and their crusade against baseball today is is another story for another day, but but that I completely buy into. I could I, I absolutely believe that the Yankees screwed up the start time of the game. Severino didn't have enough time to warm up and it showed in his performance. And honestly, if if Rothschild realized that and then Severino comes out looking like that and Boone still took that long to take him out, that's even a doubly more a reason why I wouldn't care if Boone was gone. Yeah, that whole thing was weird and you know I don't know who to blame. I don't like to blame players for a lot of stuff because I think they have a job to do and that's to play. Um, are, are, is Severino so locked in and he's used to the playoff starts being at eight o'clock that he thinks the game's at eight. I, I don't know either way. Your pitching coach that he goes out there. You need to know that you need to be saying that. And you know, that's another thing that we've heard all year is Ross child would be making a lot of the pitching changes. Well, I don't know if we have a Rothschild problem or not, but I the think fact do. that I, I do too. The, and, and I have another point on that, but the fact that you allow your pitcher to not get ready on time, like I'd be like, it's seven twenty. the first pitch is in 17 minutes. Where the hell is my like running around in my hoodie? Like, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, this isn't amateur baseball. You can't throw four pitches and then go out to the mound. It's not. You, you have to be prepared. CC long tosses before he goes and then he gets on the mound. And, and like, I don't know how you pitch without long tossing. I mean, every other pitcher does. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I don't know, but, but the Rothschild thing, all right, go ahead. Sorry. Because mine is a different point. I just wanted to say that I don't think it's all just Severino and, and a mix up with, uh, with the starting pitcher. There, there were a couple other subtle things that were like, what the hell's going on here? You had the whole, like there was this cleat debacle in the outfield with Gardner and McCutcheon that they might not have been wearing the right cleats and and it was like wet and soggy and then I think they they changed cleats in the dugout and then another minor detail which you know take it for what you will but Sanchez's fingernails weren't painted in the first inning and then they were <laughs> they, they were after were were the Yankees just not prepared did they just think that the game was at a different time I mean you look at the score and you can easily think like wow maybe the Yankees just weren't ready to play and then they got steamrolled but you know those are all little things that I wouldn't you know be surprised if it was just you know Severino couldn't see Sanchez's signs well so then he put some polish on they didn't realize how you know foggy and misty it was going to be at the game or something like that but there are a lot there were a lot of little subtle signs that made you think that maybe the Yankees just weren't prepared to start at the time the game was supposed to start and that would be 100% on Aaron Boone but go ahead and uh, make your your Rothschild point I'm sure well, I'll agree with it I think he he was a major problem this year well the um the other thing about that game was, I, I, you know, there there seems to be an idea that Severino was tipping his pitches, which would explain quite a bit as well. So it seems like that game is going to have to be something that gets looked at very closely by the Yankees to see if they could pick something up about Severino and and internally as to what the hell went wrong. I, excuse me, I think the cleats thing probably has nothing to do with it because you figure the players are going to have your cleats on. Like they did the whole thing where they run out to the baseline that game, so they know the game is starting. Um, you wouldn't have taken the field with your shoes on. You would have just gone and got your cleats, right? Yeah. Or, or so they just was, 
or, or they just saw that the the you know like I said misty a little rain maybe yeah, it was just yeah. a little more wet and then they figured they needed some a different but kind yeah. of cleat. And, and that's the other thing too is Sanchez. Pro- if Severino didn't know the game time, then I assume Sanchez didn't know the game time and didn't have time to paint his his nails. So um, anyway, Rothschild. What I was going to say, he might be a fine pitching coach. I don't know, um, but they seem to like him. But the other thing is like. You know, some, you know, I, I, I wrote into effectively wild and said, I think teams should have like offensive and defensive coordinators in football where you have a coordinator for your, for your bullpen usage and, and for your, you know, somebody to optimize your lineup and, and everything. If they're leaning on Rothschild to make pitching changes, that's not really what he came up doing. He came up handling mechanics, delivery approaches at the plate, right? He's not, you know, he's not versed in bullpen management. He's versed in, in like, he's like, you wouldn't have an off, an offensive line coach is, is going over maybe technique and something like that. And maybe one day he becomes an offensive coordinator, but he's not the one calling the plays. So to give Rothschild that extra responsibility, that kind of seems like the Yankees are, and who knows who's making the decision if it's Boone or Rothschild, but either way, um, the, the combination just isn't working. I think the Yankees need to get a bench coach with some major league experience and that can handle a pitching staff because the, these two brain children are not getting it done. <laughs> no. And um, yeah, you, they should, they should get Showalter to be their bench coach. So they could just make the worst bullpen decisions. Although Showalter went through like a weird string in like 2012 to 14, where he actually did good with his bullpen. And then he went back to being Buck Showalter. Yeah. Maybe he would have actually used Britain if he was a, uh managing this series who knows um or he just would have left a starter in for 147 pitches while the greatest closer of all time was in the bullpen but we won't get put that on him too much no one really knew who mariano was in in 1995 but anyway you seem to think it was in the article you wrote today that i read well yes i did write an article on the most on the worst uh playoff decisions by yankees management and i still think that's one of them i mean even even if showalter didn't know exactly what he had in rivera he had been lights out that series and cone was clearly had nothing left he was approaching 150 pitches take him out of the game it's plain and simple Sim, similar yeah. reaction to what i had uh the other night when Sevy and, and cc were struggling but yeah i agree they they need to get uh someone who is more you know well versed in how to manage a bullpen and give credit to the red sox they went after a guy in cora who had experience with a championship winning team in the dugout with the Astros, an analytics-driven organization. He brought that to Boston, and it has them going to the ALCS. And, and that mindset is, is huge in today's game, regardless of what people say. You had Michael Kay on his show today saying that he thinks analytics cost the Yankees the series and that and uh, that using them cost the Yankees the series, which I don't even know what to say to that. I'm not, I don't even want to get into it. Um, Instead, I think it would be best to just turn the page. And um, unless there's anything else you want to touch on about this nightmarish series, no, I, 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 you know, I think Boone says he likes analytics and stuff, but he doesn't know how to apply it. As I kind of opened the show saying, and um, yeah, I, I mean, Core only had what one year as a bench coach, and hopeful. You know, I think he, he, as a bench coach, you get to sit back and you get to learn. 
but hopefully Boone learned this year and then next year he, he takes his mistakes you know and, and learns from them and that's all I can hope for and if we don't see anything next year I'm gonna be really pissed but um yeah uh really really tough tough loss um series wise I, I didn't think the Yankees were a championship caliber club I thought they had a lot of flaws so I wasn't devastated last year I kind of felt like maybe they left a ring uh, on the table this year I didn't think it was it was in the cards but either way when your season ends it, it hurts and um, I'm excited to keep doing the podcast in the off season. you know we'll, we'll review the whole season we'll look forward to next season and then we'll do some fun stuff in between maybe a little quirky and and have a good time and um, thank you for the people that listen throughout the year for our reactions to what was going on and um I'm going to say I told you so about Boone because I'm arrogant like that. <laughs> That's fine. And um, as painful as this series was, it doesn't change how I feel about the future for the franchise. I think they're obviously going to be in this position for a long time and another sustained um, string of success. And uh, hopefully we will be podcasting through it all and what maybe will become the next dynasty. But first, get that first ring and uh hopefully next year is the one to do it but like you said thanks to everyone that's been listening all season thanks to all the amazing guests that have been so kind to come on and take time out of their day to talk yankee baseball with us we'll be sure to bring more of them on during the off season and uh gets get creative as we um trudge through the long winter and uh but first we'll be back uh next week for some you know player review season review and before we officially close the book on 2018 and uh i'll uh sean i'll, I'll talk to you next week the yankee season's over but we're not done all right i'll talk to you next week and um yeah i guess that's it thanks for a fun year frustrating end but it was cool to start the podcast and uh, 2019 here we come here we come we'll see everyone next week